This podcast is produced by The Brand is Female. Hi, I'm Mungi. Welcome to the Everyday Ubuntu podcast. It's okay to be broken. It is okay to not be okay. And it is it is more than okay to open yourself up to the ways that you can be changed and to the ways that like you can be renewed in healthier ways by just being honest. This week, my guest is Candice Marie Benbow, author, creator of Red Lip Theology, and for you Beyonce fans, also the creator of the Lemonade Syllabus, which universities in the U.S. and the U.K. have used to design new Black feminist and womanist thought courses. She's a multi-hyphenate. You can add essayist, theologian, screenwriter, baker, and creative to her resume. This conversation touched on truth, selfishness, jealousy, envy, and everything in between. Candace has an ability to interweave lessons and anecdotes that allows for us to sit with the weight of her words and encourages us to do better each day. She's honest about fumbling on some days, but acknowledges granting herself and others grace. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. Well, Candace Marie Benbo, welcome to Everyday Ubuntu. Thank you for joining me this morning. How are you? I'm so excited for this. For this. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm kind of mad that we're doing this virtually when we were in the same city. Like, because we, we couldn't get our shit together, but it's okay. We're fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. But I mean, you know, there's grace for us because <laughs> we're in a whole like pandemic. But right. I do hate that, you know, we we were we were in the same city and it didn't happen. But we're gonna be in the same city again at some point. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna be back there soon. So anyway, yeah. let me start yeah. with the question that your friend, my mother, sort of helped me with when I started this podcast. Yeah, my other mama. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> and she says that our resumes are not a full explanation of who we are as a person. So I'm wondering, like, what is missing from your very long resume that you think people should know about you? Ooh. Um, so what was interesting is um, I don't think that my resume ever captures just the humanness of me. That, like, um, all of these projects, all of these degrees um, were completed with um, copious amounts of um, anxiety, depression, prayer, mm-hmm. um, shots. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I just, I think that like um, the danger has always been, and I have to find, and I find myself pushing myself to remember that I'm not what I have accomplished. Um, nor am I what I've not accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I live like a whole life and our resumes, the conversations about what we've done, never get to reveal that at all. Mm-mm. At all. Yeah. I, I like that. The humanness. So then, you know, I think it's more interesting when someone describes themselves, but could you give us a brief description of who you are? I am in always a Southern Belle. Um, I don't know why 
I thought I could live outside of the South because that is truly where I thrive. <laughs> um, I am an only child in all the ways and, and stereotypes that only children exist. Um, meaning that I um, have not yet found a proper explanation for why things just can't be the way that I said they need to be because um, I am nine times out of ten right. Like, I mean, and as most only children are, and I am someone who gets tired of people after 48 hours because, again, um, sharing space with people is whew, not what only children often like to do. Uh, I am an extroverted introvert, and I have learned I that about myself. I have learned that about myself in, um, in most recent years. Um, but I'm also someone who like who feels deeply. Um, sometimes feeling deeply can be frustrating because um, keeping it a hundred. There are times where I just be like, why can't why can't I not care like everybody else? Um, I feel deeply. I am somebody who will spend a day reading a book or spend the day coloring in a coloring book and working on a puzzle and then spend the next day, um, you know, in the kitchen baking and cooking all day. Um, I really have finally gotten comfortable with um, being able to honor that my relationship with God is my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that God and I are real homies. Like I can't, like I can't say that. Like God, God is my homie. Like we are, we are deeply um, connected, and are, and it's and it's really interesting because that relationship, getting to an authentic relationship with God and a deeper sense of my own faith and call has allowed for me to be honest about every other space in my life. You know, like when that, I think, I think, and you'll get this too. I think you'll get this too. Like when you are like steeped and deeply rooted in faith, when you grew up in that kind of environment, even if you're, even if the way that you interact with church, even if the ways that, your theologies may progress beyond what you were raised to be, um, what you were raised in. There is something um, that gets, there's something fundamental about ensuring that that relationship with God, that relationship with the divine is as healthy as it can be. Because when that's off, everything else is off. Um, And so I think once, I got to to that part of being able to say like, okay, like me and God are cool. Um, <laughs> like, like, and I talk to God just like this and I pray like, sometimes I'm like, God, this is some bullshit and I don't <laughs> understand what you thought was gonna happen. 
but I'm supposed to trust you. So um, <laughs> see this as, as an act of my faith. But like, um, but yeah, I think getting there has been, it has allowed me to be much more honest and authentic in the other areas of my life. So I think that's a, a, a way that I would describe myself is this Southern Belle who is a hot mess more than she is a cold one. And um, <laughs> and I try, I try my, I try my best. Some days I know I'm not trying. And then that's when I'm like, Lord, let me just see tomorrow and I'll try to do better. I like how you're honest. Like the honesty that I'm seeing from you online and everywhere, I connect with it. So I'm glad that you're here. I mean, what I feel like it is so exhausting to be anything other than truthful. Um, because there are you and and you know this, Mungi. Like there are so many people we know who are trying to put up the facade of. Um, that they have it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, just matter of fact, just before this call, I was having a conversation with a friend because we're in a group, and the person posted this, you know, fake positivity message that I mm-hmm. both kind of I can't stand. That was all rooted in like everybody else having insecurities and jealousy and like we need to rise above that and like you never know what people are going through and uh, you know and and I and I read it and I reached out to a friend and I was like you know how different would the world be if we didn't spend so much time needing other people to be jealous and insecure uh when it comes to us mm-hmm. and spending time inwardly focusing on what's going on with us. Like, I can't tell you if there's a person in this world that's jealous or envious of me. Why? Because it takes 24 hours out of the day to keep me straight. So much so that I'm like, I love God got to be tired because I am. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So like, I don't have time to focus on whether or not someone is jealous of me. Because even if there are people who are jealous and envious, if we know what we know to be true about all of that, then we know that it's rooted in in brokenness and fear. And we all have experienced brokenness and fear at some point. And, and the, so, and the like, scarcity too. It's like in the scarcity. So if you have exactly. this, I'm envious of that. It's because I think that I can't also have that. Exactly. And instead of like, I don't ever want to glory in the idea that like my that that my success or that my notion of um, who I am has had to come because of other people realizing who they are not. And so part of the push for me to be honest um, is that so many of us who are quote unquote platformed, um, who, who people follow, who people watch and who people support, so many people in this vein can be very dishonest about their journey. And I just never wanted to be that. Like as somebody who I wanted to be very honest. When I lost my mama, I it it broke me, right? Like 
when I have experienced other other traumas since she lost since she left, they broke me. And I never and and I think also I wanted people to know it's okay to be broken. Like it is okay it is okay to not be okay. And it is it is more than okay to open yourself up to the ways that you can be changed and the way and to the ways that like you can be renewed in in healthier ways by just being honest and doing and doing the work to be well. Well, cause then at least you're getting it out of your body and it's not just sitting yes. there perpetuating. Yeah, like there like there sometimes like I I mean I had this is this is um, mental health awareness month, but I had a really and I I had a really rough April, um, where I you know um, I navigated a really prolonged depressive episode, and I um, and in addition to that, there were pe- a lot of friendship stuff happened in which I was able to sit back with my therapist and be able to say like, wow, for the first time, I am able to say, "Um, some people haven't said the nicest of things to me and haven't haven't been the kindest to me, right? And like, and that has bothered me because they're close to me. Um, But I, you know, once I made it to May 1st, I mm-hmm. made the commitment that May could not look like that that May could not look like what April looked like. And that I did not um fault myself, nor did I beat myself up for the way that April looked because I had to honor what I was going through. And I mm-hmm. also had to to say like I can't sit with that in me anymore so it meant working out going back like I went back to the gym um every day this week and I've made a commitment that um every day in the evening for the month of May no matter where I am and I mean I'm gonna be here because we're in the pandemic but um (laughs) no (laughs) no matter where I am I'm gonna walk every day um in the evening so that I can get fresh air so that I can move all of it out of my body through sweat, <laughs> through, through me just taking time to be with myself and think, cause all of that is important and right. all of that matters. And like, you can't, I think the one thing that I wanted, I've always wanted to, to be honest with people about is that, making room for the truth of your experience though is so much of the battle and so much of 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 the work it's not all of the work right it is it is being able to say like okay this is the truth of my experience this is the truth of what of what of what i have endured or this is the truth of who i am and another truth is that that there's also somebody else that I can become, a greater version of this that I can become, what does that work look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and we we always got to be, 
willing to share that um, and willing to do that work that moves us, moves it out of our body, the trauma, the pain, um, and leaves us with a, with a, I think that's the only way that we can ever get to resilience, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, and, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, so I wanted to ask you how you protect your mental health, but then you mentioned your therapist and there was one thing that I wanted to shout out is that I think you posted something about how your therapist said, who this got me. I was like sitting down and I was like, oh, thank God I was sitting down. Your therapist said something like, just because you're good with words, doesn't mean your words right. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Ciao. I was like, because I am very good with the words. So. Ciao. She smashed my edges because I was having a conversation with her about how the the um, the guy that I was dating is a terrible communicator. Um, and, and I entered that whole conversation just so full of myself. Knowing you were um, right. Knowing mm-hmm. I was right, his lack of communication, his unwillingness to communicate was what have us was got us in the situation that we're in. And it was not my fault. And so I'm going to therapy to have a conversation with her about how you know, I can recognize his stuff because I'm doing my work and all this other stuff. And she, she was so, you know, um, first, the first thing she said before she said that was um, because I'm telling her how he um, misinterpreted something that I said, right? And I'm like, but I didn't even say that. Blah, blah, blah. And she says to me, she said, well, Candace, if someone hears something that we didn't say, then I think that means that we're not as good at communication as we think. And so that was the first moment I was like, oh, this whole, this whole session finna go left. Like, you know how you know, like, oh, she's with the shit today. Like, she's this about to read be... you out today. Yes. And so I was sitting there like, touche. But I'm like preparing myself because I'm like, oh, oh, it's finna be on. Continue. And, and I'm, I'm telling her you know, about about what he did and how he just shut down. And I'm I'm like, you know, and I'm okay because I was able to say X, Y, and Z. And I told him, boom, 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 and boom, and this, 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 And that's when she said, you know, I think sometimes we forget. And the when she, she took that like dramatic pause after she said, I think sometimes we forget. And I said, oh, yeah. And she said, just because we are good with words does not always mean we are right with them. And she said that in March. And I cannot tell you that, like, I'm not lying to you when I say that there's probably not a day that has gone by since March that I've not thought about that. To the point that I actually have it written <laughs> on my on a sticky note on my um, on my computer because I want to see it every day. Mm-hmm. And um, it 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 was a it was a gut check like it it was because then she moved to a whole conversation about what it means to have grace for him, what it means to have grace for myself, 
and to recognize that a lot of my attempts to be good with words have not always been rooted in the best thing, right? Mm -hmm. And like, um, I'm learning, you know, um, one of the things that I had prayed as I was thinking about what she said was I was like, God, like, yeah, I want to be, I want to get this right. So when I speak, like, I want to be right with my words. And then after a few weeks, the prayer became, God, I want to be gracious with them. Like, mm. with my words, because I, I, there were times where I was less than gracious with my words. Whether it was the arrogance that's instilled in you in the, in the academy and thinking that you are you know, the bee's knees because you are in in these like premier and elite institutions. And so you get a chip on your shoulder for that reason. And then the ways that you speak to people who don't have those same opportunities, at least for me, there were times where the ways I spoke to folks was drenched in arrogance and they were, and it was rooted in all of the insecurities that the academy not only like instills in you, but like capitalizes off of the, the stuff that was already there. Um, and then there were times where I was I was mean with my words for because I was trying to to build up walls to protect myself um, from being hurt. And so I thought that the only way that I could um, protect myself was to strike first. Yeah. And after she said that, yeah, I I was like, I prayed, I was like, yeah, I want to be right with my words. And I was like, no, God, like I want to be, I want to be gracious with them. Like in in conversations, I want to, I want to always be cognizant, even when I have, even when I am holding institutions, systems, people, accountable um, for the ways that they can perpetuate and create harm, I always want my words, even words of accountability, to be gracious. Like, I just feel like, I feel like that is so lacking in this world right now. It's just grace. Like, what it means to move in ways that honor that other people are going through too, right? And move us away from, you know, the kind of like hater culture that um, that a lot of our churches, I, I mean, the first time I heard about haters was, was, was in a sermon. Um, and like the way that like, you know, we think that like we need that kind. We need those people to drive to, us to drive us and help us be our best self. Like I don't need that. Like I don't. Like if I have a hater, like the definition of somebody who is a hater, or the definition of someone who is jealous of you, is that that person, as we have said is leaning into brokenness, is leaning into scarcity, and is leaning into fear, anxiety, and depression, 
in ways that don't even allow for them to see the greatness that even in that moment they bring to the world. Why the hell do I need to be motivated by that? <laughs> I'm not. Like that, that should make me grieve. For you, like that, yes. Like yes. that should make me grieve that people live in a world where they cannot see because of all of these other forces, the value that they have in this life and that they bring to this life because of all of these other systems and all of and 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 experiences that they've had that they have not been able to have the resources to 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 properly analyze, reconcile mm-hmm. and resolve. I don't ever need to be motivated by a hater. Like like I like and I just and I feel like we don't have enough grace in this world because grace if I if I saw someone who I thought was jealous of me, would not grace propel me to to see what what space in this life and in this world I can help to create that facility that can help to facilitate their healing and their right. Ain't that Ubuntu? Like, like, ain't that the whole <laughs> notion of like who we supposed to like ain't that what this is? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I like if if I am because if if I thrive only and because all of us thrive then what do I look like trying to find ways to thrive to 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 motivate my my thriving and my flourishing because you're not like that is so antithetical to the gospel like that's so antithetical to the gospel like Jesus literally was teaching folks and was like wow it's like 5,000 of these suckers and I'm pretty sure they're hungry because I've been talking for a while because I'm hungry <laughs> myself right like and folks are like, Jesus, we ain't got no food. And the little boy's like, all right, well, I mean, I, my mom packed my lunch. I got this. Jesus could have said, this enough for me and this little boy. I know all of y'all hungry. And I know if it's 5,000 of y'all, Jesus could have said, at least 10% of y'all only came to just side on me. And only yes. came to hear what I had to say to be like, mm. He ain't Judas. I see you. He could have said because all of y'all ain't here for me, and all of y'all don't have believe what I gotta say. Y'all starve. Me and me and little homie gonna go under this oak and under this oak tree and eat this lunch that his mama packed for him. He could have said that, but he said, "Look." I'm the bread of life and I can't even be full unless everybody is eating. That is what like, He was like, sit down. We all gonna eat. We all gonna eat. And so I just, I don't, I don't understand how we have gotten to a moment where, um, and, and it's so funny that this, like, I'm, I'm saying all of this as like, 
my first book is about to come out at the top of the year. And so I've begun to think about what the second book project is going to be and what it looks like. And like, and <laughs> right, like, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not even there. Mm-mm. Child, like, I just had a conversation with my editor and my agent and they were like, so like, and then, so have you been going to think about number two? And I was like, whew, like, I mean, I thought about it, but like, but part of, part of, part of where I have been thinking is like this moment that we're in, where even just like, even camp, like what we consider to be cancel culture. Like I am somebody who is very clear that I don't believe that the way that they say cancel culture exists. I don't believe that it exists. I like, don't think it exists. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, there's a, like, I think that, that what, what people are upset with <laughs> is that powerful people have been able to go for so long without people who they have snatched power from being able to hold them accountable. And now we are in a moment where those people who were deemed powerless get to say, no, you did this, you were wrong. And therefore, until you, because you refuse to to acknowledge how wrong you've been, because you refuse to acknowledge your harm, resources that are coming from the very communities and the very people that you've harmed should be withheld from you. I don't see nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like, a consequence, like, like a consequence is, is okay. You will be okay. Like it was so funny. It was so funny because LeVar Burton said it. He was like, I don't think that he he said I don't think that it's it that we're in a council culture more than we are in a consequence culture. Like there are certain things that you should not say. There are certain things that you should not do if you literally care about people and humanity. I can say that. And at the same time, I think that we are also in a moment where people are so easily disposable. And I think that the pandemic has shown us that more than anything. We have lost in like 600,000 people. And that is because we had one at the beginning, a an administration that did not care about the least of these. And we had a culture in America that was so steeped in individualism that it was like, how dare you ask me to stay in my house and wear a mask because it will help. And myself, and myself, and myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, how how dare you? Ask me to stay in the house because it literally may save my neighbor, the person that I wave to, the person who has has come and knocked on my door when Amazon or UPS accidentally 
um, deliver a package at my at the, my package at their door. They graciously came over, didn't have to, right? Knocked on my door and said, hey, you know, here's your package. My same neighbor who, when I, when they pull, sometimes when they pull their garbage can back, they pull mine back. The way that neighbors have been neighbors in community, how dare you ask me to do something that will literally help to save them? And I've just been sitting with, this is part of the 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 scarcity of grace and empathy and compassion that that is so needed in this world like there are days i grieve <laughs> that i didn't always lean into it in moments where i should have mm-hmm. like i can look back on moments that instead of being empathetic I was, I was, I was arrogant and judgmental. And, and the truth is, is that when you know better, you do better. That is true. When you know better, you also can feel the weight of the times that you didn't know better, because it's not just about you. Like it, it has, there have been times where I have prayed like God, like, even though I am not who I used to be and I'm grateful for growth, please have have brought resources, opportunities, better people, better moments, healing moments into the lives of the people that I harmed when I went, wasn't. Yeah. Because the truth is, is that one interaction can literally change the trajectory of a person's life. Like one moment can and change intention everything. is not the most important thing. Like we, yeah, like my intention could have been fine, but still that doesn't change what happened. That doesn't change what happened. And here's the thing. And sometimes our intentions are like, sometimes Nasty. our intentions can be trash. Like, like somebody apologized to me and they was like, I didn't mean to hurt you. I was like, so let's, let's start here. Cause you did. Um, I'm like, so let's let's own. Um, I was like, let's start here. What are you apologizing? You did for? a hurtful thing, right? I was like, you did a hurtful thing, knowing it was hurtful. By all the logical accounts, that means you meant to hurt me. <laughs> so like, so 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 let's apologize for hurting me. Let's also acknowledge what the pain you brought caused and what it did. And then let's also find a remedy for said pain and and a way to reconcile the relationship. Like, don't give me the trite, I didn't mean to hurt you because you did. Because if because the truth is, is if you can say that and then I say, okay, that's fine, then you're going to do it again. Like, like my intention doesn't matter when I, when I was not being mean or trying to be hurtful. And then my intention does matter when I knew I did some stuff I ain't had no business doing. Because yeah. either, either time, I always 
I was not thinking about the other person. I was thinking about myself. And that is a genuine problem. <laughs> and I and I think that I think it like even I I think even as I have tried to make sense of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. That has literally changed all of us. Um, I I share, you know, that I was deathly sick February of 2020, and um, in one month went to went to the doctor three times, um, and the third time I went to the doctor, it was after staying in my house with 103 temperature every day for a week and waking up having waking up in the middle of the night shivering cold right because i had soaked my sheets with sweat at night slip soaked my sheets with sweat to the point that my bed they water gets cold after it's been sitting and i'm waking up shivering and then I feel the covers and I feel my clothes and I feel my hair and it's drenched with 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 water and I go to go to the doctor and I'm like something is not right and the third time my doctor tells me I'm lucky to be alive Three weeks later, a dear friend, um, because we joked about how we were um, trading getting sick. Three weeks later, one of my a dear friend was was among those first cases of death and COVID in March, and then it set off where to date, I think I'm at 20 people that I know that have died. And I cannot, I cannot act like I have not been fundamentally changed Mm -hmm. by that experience. I cannot act like while that I don't at the same time deeply grieve the losses of people and I'm deeply grateful that I survived. Like the weight of both is equal. It is, it is, it is equal and it is a weight of both. Right. And I think through like, we are not, we weren't meant to be in this kind of isolation. Like we weren't, we weren't meant to like not be able to, hug and hold hands and like we weren't meant to do any of those things and thankfully you know I'm fully vaccinated at this point and so and so is my grandmother which I'm I'm really really grateful for but I think about like what does what 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 would it have meant and what would what does it mean for, for us to say, if we are given the opportunity to endure and survive this, that we will come out of it with deeper, with deeper wells of grace. Right. 
deeper wells of compassion and empathy and love and humility. You know, like I like that matters. Well, would you like have you come out of it with some like foundational belief about humanity and like our place in the world now, do you think? So I think I've I've come away with it. Um I have always believed that creation um is 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 an interdependent project that like humanity needs the earth and the creative world just as much as the creative world needs humanity that like I've I've begun to to trouble I had long begun to to trouble the 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 language that God gave humans dominion over the earth because um too many of us think dominion is how, the ability to to do whatever we want to do, which is how we got here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, like, I think that what I have learned, sadly, <laughs> is that um, certain qualities, though I believe are intrinsic to us as humans. Like I I do believe empathy. I do believe compassion. Like I do believe when 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 the Godhead says, let us make humanity in our image and likeness, that that, yeah. that, that is complete with self-determination, free will, agency, but it is also compassion and love and and so, and but I do think that there's a part of us that though that is present, we have to work to cultivate it to make it, you know, applicable to other to everybody. Like one day, one day I was sitting, um, I was sitting outside on my um, my grandmother has like. She, because of the pandemic, even though she had done it before of like taking, of like making her porch another outside living room, since we've been in the pandemic, she like loves getting the outdoor couch now and more seating so that we can be outside. So one day um, when I was at her house and I was sitting out there I was thinking about something that my mom would always say, and she was like, she would always say, even in the worst of us, even you take, she said, you take the worst person in the world that people say is the worst person in the world. She said, that person loves somebody and somebody loves that person. Like she, like she, and I would, and and um, my mom was a my mom was a mental health nurse practitioner, so um that was all she all she like she devoted her entire career to mental health, and she would always say like you you think of the worst person in the world, somebody loves that person, somebody that that in that person's life, that that person knows. Somebody loves that person and that person that we deem to be the worst person in the world loves somebody and has exhibited and shown love. 
And she was like, because we're all capable of doing it. And when she would say that, I would be like, Did you say love is blind? Because I would have said that love is blind. I would be like, I mean, but is it? And and, And she would say that to me to say, which is something that I did not revisit until this pandemic that is in us. We just got to cultivate it, right? Yeah. So so the worst, quote unquote, worst person in the world found one person in their life that they could love whilst being evil to hundreds and millions of other people. What would it have meant for that one person to take two more steps to find ways to love and care for people outside of somebody that's connected to them. Like, I think that I think that I have the greatest takeaway for me has been that we all have a capacity to love. Yeah. But the same, the greatest takeaway has always, has also been the deepest heartbreak is that we are seeing the ways that so many people are denying that capacity and walking away from that capacity. And that is to the detriment of, of other people. Like I was um, I was walking last night and I was listening to, I think it's the most recent episode of um, This American Life. And um, it followed three public health officials. And um, and was telling their story because one thing I did know was that in the pandemic, many cities saw their public health officials just quit. And part of the reason why they quit was because people were not paying attention. People were refusing to um, to abide by guidelines. Governors um, were pretending they were public health officials. Hello. You had sheriffs, sheriff departments, and police departments when public health officials would place mandates in place, they were that these sheriffs and these police departments were coming out and saying that they were not going to enforce them. And so you had public health officials saying, like, well, if y'all not gonna listen to me, I'm not needed. And they were literally quitting because the very systems that they were trying to put in place to curb the spread were not being put in place. And now all these folks were dying, right? right? And so one of the stories that I listened to, they had um, audio footage of um, some of the, the meetings, the public, the public meetings. And the way that these people were literally cussing this woman out and like calling her filthy names, one man lunged at her and the the sheriff told her, we can't guarantee your safety. And so because we can't guarantee your safety anymore, we ask that you don't come to any more public meetings. And I listened to, and then um, one Sunday she's taking a nap and they decide they're gonna protest at her house. And so, and she had to call um, the police because people started knocking on her door, tried to try her door, like all of this crazy stuff. And I sat there and I was like, as I was walking and I was listening to it, 
again, it reminded me of the of the levels of love and empathy and compassion that people are fundamentally just ignoring and denying that they have and refusing to cultivate. And I think that that for me has been the deepest lesson that I've learned from 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 the quarantine is just how selfish we can be. Yeah. Um and and how that selfishness unfortunately has been rewarded in certain ways, right? Like we are about to go to 100% in so many states. Yeah. And we don't even have a vaccination rate that would remotely suggest that becoming 100% at anything is a good idea. And so I think it's just, it, it, it just is the selfishness, the refusal to lean into the innate goodness in us because that mm-hmm. takes work and it takes holding up a mirror to yourself and realizing what you need to do in order to be better. We just don't, a lot of times we just don't have that. Would you yeah. say like that, cause I usually also ask my guests like at the end, like what's your greatest fear for humanity? Would, do you think those things are like your greatest fear that we just like can't lean into the good side and the like graceful side? Cause even when you're telling the story about this public health official, if I'm her in that moment, besides like calling the police and like, you know, protocol, whatever, I would be so angry. I don't know what I would want to do to those people. And like, but then that's not me showing them grace, but like, I mean, where does the boundary lie in those kind of things? I think think my deepest fear for, for humanity right now is that we live in a culture um, and we live in a world that rewards our emptiness. Um, and and that like if we are rewarded for the ways that we don't lean into as you say the good side then what is the what 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 is the incentive right so like it's like when (laughs) it's like when i when i took away when i told people like i don't believe in hell and people are like, well, then what makes you like good? Like, what I makes mean, you I just want to be good. I don't like. I'm not religious, but I, I don't like. I don't think that I'm not. I'm gonna be bad. What? Like, I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't have to like think need about a punishment in order to make me a good person. Like, I should just want to be a good person, right? Like that, a, a human being. And I think now we are in like. People raised enough hell in America and said they were tired of being in their house to the point that everything is starting to open. You now know that you can that you can not care <laughs> about anybody other than yourself. <laughs> and and make and make enough waves cause enough confusion people will people will care will will cower because they fear not being reelected mm-hmm. because they fear losing their jobs because they fear all of these things instead of standing up and saying y'all this is too early right 
y'all, we are not ready for this. Like, I know y'all tired of being at home, but we're not ready for this. This like, is why I we can't have nice things. This is why we cannot have nice things. And so I think that my greatest fear is reaching that point of no return where you have been in, where you have been rewarded so much that you're not even compelled to really do to do inward work, right? And so that is a deep fear, which is which is offset <laughs> by the hope. I was gonna say, what there, is the hope? Yeah, yeah, which is offset by the hope that there's a remnant that will still do it and that will still call it out and be like, y'all, hey, um. So we actually do kind of like need to think about people other than us. But we do, we do need to, we do need to curb some, 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 some events and some things. Um, we do, we do need to to be a little bit more empathetic and and, and a whole lot more gracious. Um, and they put enough of that energy into the world. My my hope is that it works to offset the energy that is coming from the folks who don't care. Like, I, I I really hope that. Like, and I don't, and people tell me all the time, like, where'd you come from in that regard? But it's just like, I do, I, I really, I really do hope it's enough people that get up every day and be like, I want to get this right so bad. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I don't, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. There are some days where I'm going to fumble worse than others, but I want to get this right so bad. And that energy of trying, that energy of caring, that energy of doing what they need to do to be the best that they can be, I just hope that that's what pushes us, yeah. right? That's what gets out, that allows for us to think back and be like, yeah, um, maybe maybe I can be better. The person who, who was closed off and was only thinking about themselves, maybe it's enough energy to penetrate that heart. Like I, I, I do believe that miracles are still happening. Um, I do believe that it's possible that the worst person in the world, um, quote unquote, because I think I like I do believe the worst person in the world can be can find redemption, right? I, and and it doesn't take away from harms again, it doesn't take away from harms and the reality of who we used to be, but it does it does signal that we don't always have to be that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I think that that's, I think that that'll always be my greatest hope is that like we can, it's enough energy in the world that can really make people want to be better people. Well, sis, I mean, after talking to you, I want to be a better person. So thank you. Child, I, I do too. I I'm do trying. Too. It's so but funny because <laughs> It's so funny because even this conversation is compelling me that I'm like, I got to make a phone call and I got to reach out to somebody that I've been putting that conversation. Like, it's just like, oh. 
you gotta you got like but but it's again it's just like i don't want energy i don't want to block energy to me like i want Mm -hmm. everything that that is flowing in and out of me to be good healing energy and i think that it's possible that even on my worst days good and healing energy still flows from me because i'm trying and because i'm human but like i I don't want to, I don't, don't want to get, I, it's enough stuff that I think I'm going to already have to be like, when God, when God shows that highlight reel of my life, uh, I tell my friends, like, like my friends laugh at me because I'm like, yeah, I feel like, like when we go up there, <laughs> God's going to show us all the highlight reel. And I'll be like, yeah, so that was, that day I was on one. And um, wasn't really the best I could do, but you know, like I feel like I got enough of those days that like I can at least be like, but you saw on that day, like I really, really tried. Like I, I didn't hit the mark, but I actually woke up and tried as as opposed to the other days where I did not. Like so, so yeah, that's just that really is just where I am. I think I think today people will hear this conversation and like hear that you like today you woke up and tried. So if we need to vouch for you later, we will. Thank okay. you. I mean, because I'm gonna need I'm I am going to need all the letters of recommendation that I can get. Like I I I I tell people all the time, like I don't believe in hell and I think everybody gets redeemed. But I also think that like I might not get as many like free yogurt coupons as everybody else because of some stuff that I did so like I like froyo just like everybody else so like I might need a couple of letters of recommendations so I can get them froyo coupons back so so um (laughs) so I'm gonna need everybody that can because that's for me (laughs) we got you but thank you so much for coming on the podcast this was like amazing thank you this was I hope you enjoyed this conversation today and don't forget to hit subscribe and give the show a rating and review wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Follow me at moongi.ingomane on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback on the show. I'll be back in a week with a new episode. Thank you for listening to Everyday Ubuntu.